The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, stop waxing your soapbox and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 566 with guests Mark McCurry and Nick Shaper, recorded live Tuesday, June 1st, 2010. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Teller, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Grape City Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. And now, the man who's happier than the guy who sold all his BP stock on April 19th, Carl Franklin. Gotta get enough points Hey, thank you very much. This is Carl Franklin. It's .NET Rocks. Richard is a tech ed. We didn't record an intro. So I came in here 3 o'clock in the morning in the studio. The coffee machine's broken. The toaster doesn't work. I'm trying to make some popcorn. The microwave's blown a fuse. And I just got to sit down and do an intro, and I'm totally not prepared. So let's just do the Better Know Framework dance. <laughs> Our guests today are Nick Shaper and Mark Mercury. Uh, Mark is always bringing us interesting people that are doing projects with uh, that involve Microsoft. Um, Nick Shaper currently serves as director of new media for House Republican leader John Boehner. As part of one of the most active and innovative communications teams on Capitol Hill, Nick focuses on developing new ways to expand Boehner's messaging online while assisting other members of the GOP conference and their staff in executing effective, forward-thinking media strategies. Nick previously served as Director of Congressional Affairs for Adferro Group, where he helped over 100 members and candidates harness the power of contemporary new media tools. 
Nick is a graduate of the University of Central Florida, where he studied political science and computer science. Mark Mercury is director of the platform strategy team at Microsoft. Mark has been in the industry for many years, over 17, and the last seven in senior roles across Microsoft in consulting, incubation, and evangelism. Mark is the author of Beginning Information Cards in Card Space, From Novice to Professional, and co-authored the books Windows Communication Foundation Unleashed and Windows Hands-On. Welcome, guys. Thanks a lot. Pleasure to be here, bro. So, Nick, tell us about this uh, this project, uh, what you guys are working on together. Uh, sure. Mark and I have uh, collaborated recently on americaspeakingout.com, uh, which is part of a larger official effort by the House Republican Conference here to better engage Americans across the country and uh, give them a voice in creating new governing agenda for Congress. And um, so what that means to me anyway is that Americans have not felt that their voices are being heard here in Congress recently. Uh, a number of different uh, examples of that that we get into specifically in terms of Republicans' view of the direction we should be going in this country. But uh, suffice to say that I think if you ask most people, uh, they would say that Congress is not doing and focusing on what they wish they were, and they've got something to say. So we've uh, teamed up with Microsoft and uh, a great team of developers in putting together americaspeakingout.com, uh, which is uh, really a first of its kind, especially in government space, um, uh, online sort of idea-generating town hall uh, where anybody can get involved. They can uh, submit ideas based on a number of different topics and subtopics that we've laid out. Uh, they can vote ideas up or down. They can have sort of threaded conversations and debates within each, uh, and then, of course, share to all of their social networks. Um, now, is this designed to be a Republican-only thing, or is it a bipartisan effort as well? Oh, no, absolutely not. It's it's very much a bipartisan effort. Uh, we wouldn't, you know, claim that all the best ideas come from, uh, come from you know, folks that are lying on our side of the aisle. So uh, we would love to see all Americans get involved. And uh, and we've tried real hard to uh, uh, to make that happen on the site itself. If you take a look, you'll see that uh, even in the language and uh, how we frame the conversation and things like that, uh, we're, we're trying to be very uh, inclusive. I always thought that, and uh, you may, may or may not agree with me. I'm sure you do, actually. Uh, but I always thought that online was the best place for politics to really hash itself out, so long as people who don't have access to computers can participate as well. Um, that that always, you know, seems to be the dividing line. But that line is blurring. I mean, there there are computers that are available for free at public libraries sure. all over the place. Sure, and, and not just that, and it is a segment that's getting smaller, but I think that there is, you know, a very important demographic that uh, isn't online every day. And so, yeah. you know, this is sort of the shiniest tool in the in the larger effort, but uh, there is a large offline component, and that's going to be, you know, our 170-so-odd members that are out there in their districts, you know, talking at traditional town halls or telephone town halls and uh, whatever they think is the best way to reach their constituencies. So this is this is definitely one of the cooler pieces that we've got to the to the effort, but uh, it's not the only one. So tell us about the technology behind it. Uh, Mark may be better to talk about that, but it is based on Microsoft's uh, new Town Hall platform and their Azure Cloud platform. The um, Town Hall platform, that sounds great. That's right. Yeah, Mark can talk a little bit, uh, some of the specifics of it, but uh, it was... It was shown to us, it was shown by uh, to Representative Kevin McCarthy, who has headed up this project, uh, and they were immediately impressed by it and thought it would fit our needs real well. 
talk about the town hall platform, we had built, and I'm not sure if we chatted about it before, Carl and, and Richard, something called Looking Glass, which is about you know how do you listen to what's going on and all these different um, social media sites that are out there today and understand what people are saying and engage in conversations across these different mediums. And we said, what if there is a way that we could actually spin that around a little bit and allow people and host a conversation and bring that to wherever people may be? So if they happen to be on a social networking site like Facebook, let's bring it there. If they come to our website, that's great. If they're on a mobile phone, um, let's do that as well. And not just the Microsoft mobile phone. We know that that space is pretty fragmented. So let's make sure that we hit um, the iPhone and Android as well as Windows Phone 7. Uh, and also uh, tablets are becoming a, a mainstream phenomenon right now. So make sure we've got an iPad client as well. Um, and what we've done is we've used NBC under the cover, so ASP.NBC, to expose out a series of REST services that um, not only do a great job of helping us pull, put together a great website and build things like web widgets uh, and things of that nature, but also be able to connect up to these different platforms, which you know use a host of different technologies. Right? You've got Objective-C on the, the iPhone and the iPad. You've got Java on these other platforms. So it makes it very easy for people to use. Um, and then we use Windows Azure. So Windows Azure is going to give you the ability to... Um, it started really uh, inexpensively, um, so you could handle. You know, the way I look at it is, if you want to run for dog catcher in Topeka, um, you should mm-hmm. be able to use the cloud to do that, and the pricing is effective to you. And if you want to run uh, a very large effort like like Mix had, um, you can use Azure and take advantage of some of the benefits there, in regards to to scale and just getting the servers that you need and whatnot. Yeah, I've also got to think that you get massive surges if a hot topic pops up, the public sort of rallies to that, and they're going to hammer these sites. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at you know what Nick and his team are doing, is it's just extremely interesting on every, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on. It's just extremely interesting, uh, and they also have the uh, the interest to and the ability to chat with folks from the major networks. So there's just you know a significant amount of interest, and then as Nick mentioned, there's a number of of offline components where there are regional town halls where people are meeting with other constituents locally that's driving interest. There's online you know media coverage. Uh, as well as you know traditional broadcast coverage, uh, and there are lots of spikes uh, there, and, and we're we're tweaking that as as we go. Okay, and when when did it go online? Went online the twenty fifth. I believe that was uh, Tuesday morning was our launch event. We did the uh, the museum here in Washington D.C. Also, oh, it's brand new. It is. It really is. Yeah. And we should also mention that we're. It might not be brand new right now. As you're listening to this, we're recording this on June first. In 2010. As of right now, it is, though. That's right. Yeah. But uh, I can already see, the, looking around the website here, there's lots of numbers. The, the people hitting this site and uh, voting like mad and sending, submitting ideas. They have. We've been really pleased, actually, in the first four or five days. We've got about 30,000 uh, active users, uh, about 300,000 um, unique uh, visitors to the site. So it's, you know, I really can't complain to get 10% of the folks that are going to go ahead and pass through the registration process and be submitting ideas and voting and things like that. So we've been pleased with that so far. Have you done something to to sort of make sure that it's uh, U.S. users, said the Canadian? Um, no, not particularly. I, you know, that's, that's an interesting point. And we had brought up um, some different aspects and, and challenges and things like that in terms of uh, language in some other areas, but uh, you may see some enhancements as we come through. But I don't know that you know we would ever get to a point where we wanted to be verifying you know U.S. citizens to use uh, the website itself. But um, that may be something useful. But actually, I take that back on the um, on the registration page. We are asking for uh, a zip code so we can 
allow you to choose your uh, member of Congress. Um, so unless someone not that the rest of the world way. doesn't want input into your your politics, but uh, you know, <laughs> sure, this is an interesting problem. The internet being an international right. yeah. multinational sure. thing. Sure, sure. You could certainly um, just filter it by IP location. That's true. No, no, that is true. And that's, uh, we look at a number, there's always challenges in these sort of civic participation efforts in terms of finding someone's representative. And the zip to representative look, look up is, is always an issue in that, you know, to really get precise, you need a plus four zip code, which no one ever knows. I don't know what my plus four zip code is. Um, and then, you know, right. you want to pass them, then you need to pass them over to sort of postal service website to find out their plus four. And you can just sort of feel yourself losing, you know, registrants as you, each time you pass them into a site like that. Um, and we didn't want to rely on anything outside either. So, uh, the solution we came up with was we've got uh, sort of a hard database of all the congressional districts and their zip numbers. And in, for the split zip codes, uh, we would give them the choice and allow them to select um, their member or, the, or if they don't know, which is fine too. But it just, it helps us in the data that we're collecting. Uh, it helps us, um, be able to provide our members with uh, information on their, their opt-in users and folks that are participating. One thing I, I mentioned as well is that Nick talked about the high level of engagement in the site. Um, and there's an interesting, when you look at some of the underlying technologies, there's uh, the award of points and badges for engagement. So every time that someone uh, asks a question, uh, sort of poses an idea or responds to an idea or uh, they're voting for a question you know, up or down, they're earning points inside of the site. Uh, and we've just seen a tremendous amount of interest in that. And I, I think one of the things that, that I personally found really interesting, I haven't mentioned this to Nick yet, is I talked to my dad, who is a, is a very strong supporter of the GOP uh, over the weekend. Uh, and he said, I absolutely love the site. He said, I could be here all day. There's just so many good ideas and, and the ability to engage uh, and participate in the site is just amazing. You know, when you talk to them, make sure that you thank them for me. Um, and I think that sort of reaction from people. You know, I've heard that from a couple of folks now, you know, not just, just family members, but uh, that has been one of the most rewarding pieces of being able to work with Nick. Besides, you know, starting off with this, this very grand vision of let's have a conversation with the American people. Um, is there a way that we can work together with, with your software to, to do that? Um, and then just seeing the results of, you know, you know everyday people um, who may not be active users of social networks, right? I think my dad, particularly, we, we dragged into Facebook just to see pictures, uh, but he absolutely loves it and is now as an active member of the community. <laughs> This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. We've been blown away by the uptake and the quick adoption of Silverlight. It's no secret, though, that the platform didn't provide for consistent integration with the web analytics services. Well, not anymore. As you might have already heard, Microsoft announced its Silverlight analytics framework, which solves the above-mentioned problem. But what's also interesting is that Telerik already provides support for the framework. Telerik's the first UI components vendor to offer handlers for the Silverlight analytics framework. Using RAD controls for Silverlight, you can immediately benefit from the advantages of the platform and start tracking the statistics of your applications. You can read details and download the handlers at Telerik.com Silverlight. And hey, don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, Facebook.com Telerik. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the challenges of building the application or or the non challenges. Um, Mark, tell us, you know, how many people and uh, how long did it take, and where did you guys start? Did you start with a whiteboard? Was it was it pretty easy? Tell us about that. So we actually started um, the underlying platform right before the PDC Professional Developers Conference last year uh, with with NASA. So NASA was in a pilot for this. 
um, for about six months. And we wanted to look at, look at a number of different things. You know, one of the things that you'll get is uh, with NASA, they, they also attract uh, young children to the site because everybody loves space, right? Right. Um, so we're doing different separate reg- registration paths. Um, how do we make sure that we can handle you know, things like bad actors and, and you know, pre-processing or auto-moderating comments as they come in? And we got a really robust regular expressions engine that does that. Um, and we built it as an MVC app. And, and the reason for that is, is that we knew that we wanted to go to multiple devices uh, in the future. And MVC, um, at the time, did a really good job there. Obviously, you can do different views um, for different mobile experiences. But with MVC2, they've added the ability to make it really drop-dead simple to do um, REST APIs. You know, and I'm a, you know, as you mentioned at the start of this, I've written a couple books on WCF. I'm a WCF guy. Um, but in this case, MVC just made it super easy. So um, we said if someone wanted to take this and they wanted to be able to host this conversation, be able to engage with all these different types of platforms, um, REST, building a REST API was going to be key. Um, scalability was going to be key. Um, and then one of the things we haven't talked about is for the core, you know, the town hall core, we actually gave the software away, including the source code. So there's a, a very li- liberal licensing agreement. So you can take it, you can reuse it, you can rebuild it, you can resell it. You just have to run it on, on Azure. So we said, you know what, if we want to make sure that's accessible to a lot of people, there are a lot of people that just don't know Azure today, necessarily. Um, so one of the nice things about a solution that's running on ASP.NET MVC is you can add a new Azure project, uh, right-click on it and say, add role from existing web project, and then your MVC app just, just works. Um, and we think it's a great, you know, from just uh, taking people's skills and being able to get them to the cloud, I think it's a great approach. Um, you know, the, obviously, the, the type of things that, that, that Nick and the team are doing, you know, is bringing that to just massive, massive scale. You know, everyone like NASA, we saw a huge spike at the beginning. But I think that what, um, what the House Republicans have done is really going to have a sustained conversation for a significant amount of time. Um, so it's been interesting to see that there. And once you had the town hall... Um platform working how about how long did it take to implement this particular site uh gosh um i think it was it was a it was weeks not months um in general it's the platform comes with a number of themes out of the box so it's pretty straightforward i know there were some custom coding things that that you know nick has already talked about you know the be able to link to your particular congressman they've done a really nice job about you know customizing the home page they've got you know embedded video and and they've added inside analytics and things like that behind the scenes I want to say six to eight weeks or so from start to finish, if that. Um, we had a lot of internal conversations about uh, how we would best be implementing this project. And then once we decided it, sort of, you know, we wanted it the next day. So uh, we, everybody was great at moving forward very quickly and, um, you know, not too many bumps along the way. Yeah, and I tell you, you know, if you're like me, I hadn't, I had engaged with some with, with public sector before uh, in, in, it hadn't worked with Congress specifically, but I know a lot of people's images of government sometimes is it's a bit slow, right? There's bureaucracy. Right. There. Right. These folks made a decision, and I have not. I mean, and I in, I've talked to you guys before, right? So I work with lots of you know Fortune 10 companies, and I work with um, large governments all over the world. I've never seen a customer take say, "Yeah, we want to do this," and make it happen on such a grand scale in such a period of time. It was oh, it was wow. absolutely amazing. That's great. Can we talk a bit about cost here? I mean, is it, is it just the Azure cost? Everything else is free? Uh, Mark could talk about that a little bit more. Basically doing some site customizations and yeah. some special features. Uh, and then the design itself. I mean, it just it needed to be, you know, basically just uh, had a completely new theme and any design that we would use for mobile platforms and things like that, too. So, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I see looking at the sort of Contuso demo site, and then looking at the America Speaking Out site, I see certain sort of core elements are the same. But you have put a skin onto the uh, the America Speaking Out site to give it its look, but it seems um, it seems simple, really. But I guess that's the point. Well, that's the thing. You're, if you want to talk to every citizen everywhere, you just want to make sure it's drop dead simple to use, uh, and you can come in, and you're focused less on let me learn the interface. And more about let me participate, let me start engaging right away. So um, that's a really good. It's really good to hear that feedback. We've been hearing it from a lot of folks as well. Um, it's just don't let the interface get in the way of the, the engagement and, and letting people participate. So you know, this reminds me of Carl is Stack Overflow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole thumbs up, thumbs down ideas bubbling, um, and it also gives you guys an easy way to take the temperature of uh, of the users. It does, and I, I think a lot of people think of this project in terms of, well, what's going to happen over the summer and what's going to happen in the next few months. I think that if we do this right, like we'd really like to, uh, this can really change the way that Congress works, and this, and that this would be a really powerful tool for us moving forward to be able to give feedback on legislation that was proposed right now or the direction sort of that the legislative calendar was going um, here in Congress. Now, um, Mark, if there are other people who are connected in the political world and they want to utilize the Microsoft Town Hall, is that something they should be contacting you about? Or is there a website we can point them to? Sure. So they definitely can. Um, what I would recommend is um, there are a couple resources we can get them in contact with. So one is if you go to Microsoft.com, whack campaign ready. That's all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, there's information on Town Hall there. There are a couple of partners that are listed that can, can do implementation of the customizations. Um, such as Nick had uh, done with his organization. If you scroll to the bottom, there's also a 14-minute video that'll sort of walk you through a lot of the functionality that's there. Um, the, uh, okay. the other thing is if you go to code.msdn.microsoft.com WAC Town Hall, uh, you can get a, a download of the, the most recent drop of the project, which I think right now is the April build. We have another one coming out soon that's going to do the mobile clients uh, not too far out. Um, and you can download that there. There's a discussion forum uh, set up there as well. And um, there's also a how do I document. So I put this together the other week. It's about 20 pages that says, you know, how do I change the the categories and how do I do this and how do I do that? So it, it should be pretty straightforward to sort of jump in and get going. And by all means, reach out to me direct if there's any issues. Mercury at Microsoft.com. And we should also mention again that, you know, this isn't a Democrat thing, not a Republican thing. It's a... Uh, Town Hall is is completely, you know, apolitical, right? Yeah, I mean, so for context, um, after we launched the site with Nick, you know, the O'Reilly Gov 2.0 conference had a version that was running, um, and there are you know campaigns on either side of the aisle. Uh, there's one in Colombia that used it um, after after sort of following the leadership, I think, of of, of what Nick and the team have done. Um, and we've wow. heard from people from all over the world. I mean, it's amazing, you know, the um, the folks we've heard of from different parliaments, both. Like in, in Europe, for example, both within these different countries as well as for the European Parliament and, and different folks that have reached out to us um, since it's been made public. I mean, for us, and, you know, that was a question that came up: is, you know, is, is this um, something that's tied strictly to to one party? And we said, no. I, we're very happy to be working with this with, with Nick and the Republicans because they have this clear vision, yeah. and we're, yeah. we're really excited about that. We were very happy to have the first major engagement be with. Uh, Nick and Congressman McCarthy and Congressman Boehner and that team because they had such a clear vision and they were able to execute very quickly. Yeah. Um, but but personal politics don't play into to that. Is you know we we do have other customers that are using it. They were clearly the first and the biggest. 
Um, but there are folks from either side of the aisle that are looking at it. And their site as well, is, it's, it may be hosted by the Republicans, but it's yeah. open to everybody, Sure, uh, which is pretty impressive. Hey, I just want to give a shout out real quick to our friends at Data Dynamics who uh, make ActorReports.net, among other really awesome things. ActorReports.net is great because uh, it allows you to just build your reports with an easy editor, embed them right in your application, provide PDF and HTML output, give your end users a report editor, royalty-free, of course, a great access report upsizing wizard, and all this for a price that isn't going to break the bank. ActorReports.net from Data Dynamics. Go check it out now at datadynamics.com. I seem to recall, and Richard, maybe you can remember this because you've got a memory like a steel trap. There was a, a tech ed or, a, or or some conference where the demo on stage was of SQL Server and particularly about scalability. And they had just some enormous cluster of SQL Servers right there and simulated a national election, which is sort of, if you think about it, the ultimate in the scalability test because it has to perform very well for a short period of time, you know, and then the rest of the time it's dormant. So if you think about that, and and basically they were able to uh, demo and simulate the load of a national election and it, and it of course passed with flying colors. Well, of course, because it's on stage, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, um, but I've always thought that, wow, you know, if we could get past the arcane, you know, uh, electoral college method of voting, you know, with its absolute uh, opportunities for corruption just being so hard to control, wouldn't it be great if we could actually move this thing online? I mean, this is a whole other level you're talking about here. This is open government. Of course. Model. Why shouldn't, if everyone has access to the machines and can get access to data this way, why can't bills be built this way? Why can't they be voted on by the population? I mean, and you, you would just have to, instead of bringing those crazy machines to schools, you just have to set up a web browser with a, with an internet connection somewhere and, and, and people would use that instead. I mean, it's just something that I've, I've thought, as soon as I saw that demo or heard about that demo, I was like, well, this is a no-brainer. This is the way things should be done. I don't know what you guys think about that. I, you know, I think ideally, I think it's, you know, uh, very exciting for everybody involved. I think that, you know, so, like so many other things, devil's in the details in that a lot of people that I talk to uh, that are uh, interested in open government initiatives, it seems like we always come back to sort of verifying identity and things like that that become the real issue. Um, right. And so when we can get those things straightened out, I think that um, we will move towards models like that a lot faster. Yeah. I mean, the, the one challenge, and you see it in a number of different places, um, is that whenever a, people try to do something that should be a net positive, there are a number of people out there that just try to subvert that or ruin that or if for no other reason than for the opportunity to do it. And I think to Nick's point, you know, having verifiable identity is one of those things that having worked in public sector um, in consulting before I came to, to corporate, um, that was one of sort of the recurring themes. There were lots of great things we could do, but until you, you nailed that identity piece, a lot of things just wouldn't go um, quickly. Um, and in some certain cases, circumstances, they just weren't um, viable at all. But I think the desire is there and the technology is catching up. 
You know, there's an interesting element to this, which is that as soon as we do it uh, all on a computer, I can automate exploitation of it. It's very tough to automate the exploitation of physically going and voting. Yeah, I guess so. You know, that physical manifestation of having to go to the voting booth and so forth, it's tough to do to replicate that a million times. So yeah, it's, it, it, it suddenly convenience isn't the only measure. Inconvenience right. seems to be its own form of security. Sure. Hmm. For better yeah, or worse. For better or for worse. Right. Uh, Mark, just jumping around a little bit here, you'd mentioned NASA did an implementation of Town Hall. Is there other Town Hall implementations folks could take a look at? Sure, sure. So that one's got a horrible URL to say over a podcast, uh, but it's bamartian.jpl.nasa.gov, WAC Town Hall. Um, there's one that'll be up for a little while. It was from the recent Gov 2.0 conference, um, which is townhall.gov2expo.com. And then uh, there's the microsofttownhall.com or www.microsofttownhall.com. There's one that was launched recently in Columbia. I don't have that URL handy, but I can send it to you guys after the after the call. I tweeted that we were talking about the town hall infrastructure and America Speaks Out uh, as we were going to record the show and immediately got feedback from folks uh, in places like uh, with Sandra, who he's, he's in uh, in Norway. Right. Yeah. Who's, he's there, his company's trying to get the Norwegian government to start doing this sort of same sort of thing. Oh, wow. So there's... Uh, Definitely a lot of interest in this. I I, I look at it and think, uh, why not SharePoint? Like, why did we need a new platform for this? So, funny you should mention that. <laughs> so, remember we talked about being able to support all these different clients? Uh, right. There's, there's a SharePoint version coming as well. <laughs> How did I know? How did I know? So, they, obviously, other implementations, there's still a lot more to be done here, right? Uh, the, the other angle on this would be mobile, you know. Can I can I go to the site on my phone? Well, Stay that's the thing. Time. Well, well, there's a website you can get on uh, most of your phones today, um, but also um, we are building native clients and releasing the source code very similarly um, as we do for the server for the iPhone, for Android, for um, the iPad, and Windows Phone Seven. So we're not just talking about hey, it's possible that you can do this. We're actually going to give you the source. So uh, we may have to follow up with you on a. a another uh, meeting to talk about the code for that but that's that's not too far off that's you know with the next month for for all of them yeah you know thinking in terms of the hackability of all this if we really got on a and just looking around america speaking out obviously there's some very hot topics here you know you could end up being the uh, a point of technology exploitation trying to pump up a topic i just don't know how, what you can do about that well, you know, you rely on the community to hopefully do the right thing. And, you know, we have some great moderation tools that Mark has provided us with that we can spot people that are exploiting things like bumping tags up by putting them in multiple, you know, meaningless posts and things of that nature. So to a certain degree, we can help, but the community can help by flagging things that are inappropriate. And the community can also help by just honestly participating and sort of putting in good ideas and voting down the bad ones and things like that. So... Um, you know, we do go on a good bit of faith, and uh, hopefully it'll be rewarded. Is this sort of a Wikipedia-ish model where we're presuming self-moderation will win out? Oh, I'm not so naive to think that it's going to win out all the time, but I'd like to think it wins out a good deal of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a number of different ways that, um, like I said, that we can protect against things being exploited too much or too much 
shenanigans on the site. But I also think that today folks have gotten a little bit more accepting of just trolls generally. I think they're used to right. seeing them in the comments at uh, you know at major newspaper sites and every place else that allows comments. So there's not so much shock value there for um, folks that are just doing goofy stuff on the site. So hopefully uh, you're able to look past some of the noise and be able to, it's a little bit easier for people to see what, what's actually going on in the underlying effort. Yeah, I'm thinking more about vote hammering, actually, to pump up topics. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know how you know what all you could do there. How how carefully you're identifying people. Well, I think one of the key things there is that you need to. We ran this through what we call an A security review at Microsoft, and for folks not at the company, that is effectively the same review that we would do for any public facing Microsoft property. Um, and, and we mentioned that we we had some uh, some customers that had a very high profile. We mentioned you know, Nick's organization specifically, and they said, "Well, here's some things we want you to do." where it increased the friction a little bit. But remember we talked about you know, just a few minutes ago about people having to go to the voting booth and people generally being lazy. Uh, and yeah. when you introduce friction, um, it, it, it stops a good chunk of bad actors. So one of the things is when you go to the site, you need to register, um, and it will send you an email to confirm your email is, is valid. So if you want to do certain things, well, guess what? You're going to have to register N number of email addresses, which for most people is not something they're going to do. Um, so there are lots of – we put a lot of care and thought into that. It, it's not perfect. It, it, things never are. Um, but I think we've made a lot of um, efforts in that direction, most of them subtle. You, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you can do that while not inhibiting the experience for the user, making it sort of so introducing so much friction that they don't want to do it. But there are little things like that that we get some guidance from you know, our colleagues here at Microsoft. So if, if you do this, we think it's going to take it down, you know, X percent uh, likelihood that people are going to, going to do bad stuff and things like that. So we're very fortunate to have that sort of expertise here. And then you know, the nice thing for us is we can roll that into the, the next release as far as those lessons learned, and um, people can take Town Hall and, and, and get the benefits from it there. All right, guys, is there, a, is there anything else that you want to talk about here, about your site, or about the technology that's uh, involved in it? It's amazing, and everyone should go there immediately. <laughs> the AmericaSpeakingOut.com. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks very much for sharing that with us. Hey, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band.